Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Farmington Hills. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Unity of Farmington Hills. We are always so glad you can join us, especially if you are new in person or watching us online. My name is Donna Opoka, and I'm here to share the announcements with you. So after service, please join us downstairs for coffee and refreshments, a chance to keep the love going. <laughs> This Wednesday at 7 p.m., we are having a gong meditation with Christopher Davis. This is an in-person only event so that you can feel the full benefits of the sound immersion. The suggested love offering is $20, and everyone is welcome to come and 
participate in this deeply relaxing meditation. Our World Day of Prayer service is on Wednesday, September 7th at 7 p.m., and that is in person and on YouTube, led by our prayer chaplains. Let's come together to hold the high watch and pray for our world. Reverend Kelly's next class, entitled Know Thyself, will be from September 13th to November 15th on Tuesdays from 6.30 to 8.45. You will gain a deeper understanding of prayer, your higher self, and your life's purpose. The book Know Yourself by Richard Lynch is required, which is available at smile.amazon.com and Walmart. To sign up for the class, please email Reverend Kelly at seniorminister@unityfh.com. The women's group is having a two-day healing touch event, event for men and women of Unity of Farmington Hills at the Healing Touch Center in Farmington Hills. You can enjoy a 30-minute full treat body treatment for a special reduced price of $20 on Wednesday, September 14th from 9.30 to 1 p.m., or 5.30 to 8 p.m., or on Saturday, September 17th, from 9.30 to 1. Participants must mention Unity FH to receive the discount. Masks and social distancing are required. There are flyers and more information about this event on the counter outside in the sanctuary. On, sun on Sunday, September 18th, we are having a silent auction fundraiser for the Equal Justice Initiative, which is a nonprofit organization committed to criminal justice reform, racial justice, and truth-telling about the history of racial injustice in America. The bidding for the auction starts before service on September 18th from 9 to 10 and continues after service from 11 to 1 down in the social hall, where we're also going to have refreshments, music, and more. On September 11th, from 11 to 12, the auction items will be available to preview and begin bidding. We are accepting donated items until September 16th, upstairs in room 5. And you can re bring those in on Sundays after service from 11 to 11.45, and on Tuesdays from 2.30 to 4 p.m. If you decide to just give a monetary donation, please specify silent auction on your donation. Let's watch a brief video about Equal Justice oh, Initiative. We're not going to do that no. today. To stay abreast of our weekly activities, upcoming events, and our outreach, please visit our website, unityfh.com, check out our Facebook page, or read through our Friday weekly newsletter. Sharon Lewis is our prayer chaplain today who is holding sacred space for us, and she is available to pray with you after service in the sanctuary back near the patio doors. And now, as our music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for the daily word and the opening prayer and meditation. Feel God's mighty power and 
for the reading of the daily word and for those of you who don't know me I'm Reverend Kelly Kincaid the minister at this church Sunday August 14th 2022 holy today we affirm I discover holiness everywhere and in everyone and our message reads there are certain places I visit where the presence of God feels especially near <clears throat> places that feel holy these may include churches and other houses of worship, shrines, favorite places in nature, any destination where I become vividly aware of the divine presence is holy ground. I remember these words from the Prayer for Protection by unity poet James Dillard Freeman, wherever I am, God is. The divine presence I know lives within me. It is the true essence of my life and every of every life. Today my understanding expands. I discover the divine presence all around me and find holiness everywhere. Every person is a holy being. Every place is holy ground. Our Bible verse for today is from Genesis chapter 28 verse 16. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes with me and take a deep cleansing breath. Let your attention flow down into the center of your chest, which is what we call the heart center. Let your mind tune into a feeling of peace. Let your heart Open up to the love of God. Let your body become relaxed in the knowing that right now, in this now moment, all is well. We acknowledge that there is only one power and only one presence that is active in our lives and in the universe. God, the good omnipotent. We acknowledge that God is absolute good, absolutely. And because God's presence dwells within us, we are also absolute good, absolutely. We tune into that feeling of good, allow our human expression to decrease, feeling the presence of God welling up, that we may be prepared for today's message. that we may be ready and willing and open to be the expression of that which we understand in the message. And that we be willing vessels and receptors of God's love that guides us forth to be that expression in the world. 
And so I invite you to take another deep breath, breathing in a feeling of love. And exhale deeply, releasing, letting go, letting God take everything that concerns you to be perfected. Releasing all that no longer serves you, that you may be freer vessels of God's love. And just for a little bit, sit in a feeling of peace and stillness. Take another deep, deep breath. And exhale deeply. And one more deep, deep breath. Fill up your whole lung capacity. And slowly exhale. And let your heart acknowledge that God loves us no matter what. And make it personal. Acknowledge God loves me no matter what. And breathe that in one more time, really deeply. Breathe in, I am loved by God. And exhale, I release that love out into the world and let it go. Thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love and for infusing us with that love during this brief meditation. And so it is. Amen. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. Ah, now let us affirm our U of H growth affirmation. And I'm going to add something to this because when we put classrooms in there, the classrooms started filling up. Now we need the teachers to teach the those who are in the classrooms. So as we affirm this affirmation and we say the classrooms, visualize teachers being in, being in those rooms as well. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you. Song Reverend Kelly mentioned it in her meditation, Let Go, Let God, this song is a testament to those words. It's been a bad day, you've been looking back. All you can see is everything you wish you could take back. All your mistakes, a world of regrets. All of those moments you would rather forget. I know it's hard to believe. Let me. 
on the drums and piano. <laughs> History. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Doesn't it feel, isn't it a, wasn't that a feel-good song? Don't you guys feel good? I do too. I feel good. Although I often feel more good than I do the times that I'm just depressed, and I like that. <laughs> All righty. Um, so I heard this, uh, this joke, and I'm going to try to tell it <laughs> without laughing and getting it right at the same time. <laughs> so, so this, fam this uh, guy 
who went to this church um, inherited ten, uh, $10 million. And so his family wanted to tell him, but they wanted to tell him in a way that wouldn't cause him to have a stroke because he's a little bit older. So they asked the minister to talk to him and tell him, right? So the minister goes up to him and says, hey, Phil, what would you do if you inherited $10 million? And he said, well, you know, pastor, I'd give half of it to the church. And the pastor killed over. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, if you decide to give $5 million to Unity of Primitive Hills, I will not kill over. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we, last week we entered into the deeper study of the parables, and Sharon Lewis, who is one of our prayer chaplains, she's actually heading our prayer chaplain ministry, um, came up and gave an introduction on what will is, which is one of our spiritual faculties. And so in unity, we believe that the 12 the 12 disciples represent 12 physical, I mean, spiritual faculties that we are here to develop in order to be powerful expressions of God. But you need to move from being in the physical expression, intellectual expression of them, into the spiritual expression of them. So each one of the 12 months for us represent one of the disciples, and it also represents one of the spiritual faculties. So we're up to August right now, which we have swarmed through this year. But in January, we focus on what we normally focus on is faith. And Peter is the disciple that represents faith. And then we, and faith is your power. Charles Fillmore, who's the co-founder of Unity, says that it is our power to perceive, linked with our power to shape substance, that that is what faith is. And then when you move into February, some churches use February as to symbolize the um, power of love, but in the true interpretation of how Charles and Myrtle Fillmore did it, it represents strength. Andrew is the disciple that represents strength, and Andrew and Peter are brothers. And then we move into March, and March represents for us the spiritual faculty of wisdom moving out of the intellectual understanding of it into knowing it deeply. And the disciple that represents wisdom is John, who is the son of Zebedee. Then we go into April. April is our power of love that is symbolized, and, and it's represents by, represented by John, who is the son of Zebedee. So John, I mean, uh, John is love. James is, um, excuse me, James is uh, for March, which is wisdom. James and John are brothers. They're both sons of Zebedee. Then we went into May. May represents your spiritual power. That's your dominion over your life. That's, that's your ability to speak over yourself, to speak over your life. And you need to understand that even the thoughts that you say in your mind are still speaking over your life somehow. And the disciple that represents our, our power is Philip. And then we went into June, and June represents our power of imagination, to conceive, to perceive it, to visualize it. And that which you speak forth is normally what you're visualizing. So it's important to stay in alignment to visualize those things that are true. Because even when you're worrying, you're imaging it, and you're using your power of imagination inappropriately, and that you end up speaking it forth as you're thinking it forth, and you end up co-creating that with God. Does that make sense? Then we go into July, and July represents our spiritual understanding. 
And the disciple that represents July, uh, the understanding, is Thomas. Thomas was considered doubting Thomas. And it's interesting because Jesus met Thomas where he was and gave him the evidence that Jesus had been resurrected. But then he also spoke to him and said, blessed are those who believe it without seeing it. So it's moving into from an intellectual understanding into a spiritual understanding where you experience the truth so deeply that it moves beyond knowing you be it. Does that make sense? And so now we're moving into August, and August represents our will, our power to choose. We have the freedom to choose. We have the freedom to determine. We have the freedom to command. We have the freedom to lead, lead and decide over our life. And make no mistake, whatever you are thinking on a moment-by-moment -moment basis is what you're choosing to co-manifest in your life. So it's important for us to be really mindful of the thoughts that we are thinking. The disciple that represents our will, which is our choice, is Matthew. And so now we're going to move into a deeper understanding of the parables, but we're going to use that by linking it with our power to choose. And so today's, the title of my talk is The Parable of the Growing Seed. And as we look into this, this parable, we're going to realize that it's, it's similar but has a different meaning than the other parables that Jesus talks about that, that um, have a farmer and a seed in it, farmer scattering seed in it. We're going to go into a deeper understanding of what it means. It has nothing to do really with the seed or the farmer when we look into this. And this, so, this parable is found in Mark. And actually, the first, three the first three Gospels are considered the synoptic Gospels because a lot of the same stories that Jesus, uh, about Jesus' life are in all three. So they're in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But here, this story of the parable of the growing seed is only in Matthew. Only, you can only find this one in Matthew. And so this is Mark chapter 4, verses, I mean chapter 5, uh, yeah, chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. And I'm going to read it from the New Living Version. And, and feel free to bring your Bibles in or even pull it up on your phones. And you can read along too there, but it's nothing like reading it in the actual holding it. Parable of the growing seed. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. But he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crop on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. As soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Let me just go ahead and do a brief prayer. God, I thank you for opening up the spiritual truth of this parable, because we know that parables are earthly stories that have embedded in them spirit, the heavenly truth. And so I let my human decrease, I open myself up to move into a spiritual expression, hearing you and sharing you as you come forth in me. Thank you for your message. Thank you for the way that we are to live it in our lives. And thank you for being the power that co-creates it in our lives. Amen. And so as we look at this, you see the beginning of this parable says the kingdom of God is like. 
And so in this parable, this is one of the parables, the, parables, the set of parables that is connecting an expression of our daily life, an expression of an earthly story with king, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And it is interesting to look at this, how it says, it's like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. And a lot of people feel that the farmer is Jesus. And I'm going deeper than that. Because when you look at it, the farmer can be anybody. The farmer can be anybody who's thinking and, and praying and, man, and um, let me, how do I want to say, focusing on a spiritual truth that is connected to God's God. And the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God represents spiritual consciousness. It represents the spiritual realm. It represents the moment you go into spiritual thinking, you are in one with the consciousness of the spirit that you are. Because it's not just God and you. It is God in you. Your mind is in tune with God's mind. And so as we move into being in tune with God's mind, the spirit in you is always speaking. And so when you go into the kingdom of God, you move into the quiet within yourself and you attune yourself with the consciousness of what's being communicated with you. Because I promise you, just as you are always thinking and your mind is never still, that spirit is always speaking and it is never still. It may be called a still small voice, but that's because it is an invisible vibration that you can only feel and only tune into when you quiet yourself down and release the distractions of the world. Come inside the closet, which means go inside of yourself, which means tune inside of the vibration within you. And when you tune inside and quiet down, you can feel the vibration communicating to you, the spirit in you communicating to you. Does that make sense? So that's what the kingdom of God represents. And the scattering of the seed, like I said, is focusing on a specific thought. When you put in a prayer, it's not just talking to God. That's not true prayer. True prayer is when you go inside, tune into God, tune into what God is asking you to speak forth the truth in your life, and then speak that forth through the power of the God in you using your spiritual faculty of power, the power of your voice to affirm in vibration what with that that you are co-creating with God in the truth that you are. So when you see someone having an illness, and people talk to me a lot about this is happening, that's happening, this is happening. And those of you who have heard me do this say, and so we hold such and such in prayer, and we hold, and I end up affirming the truth of the situation above and beyond the circumstances that are happening in the life. Because the truth of the circumstances are connected to that consciousness. And so you have to tune in to Christ and you tune in to Christ and them to speak forth the truth of the situation to transmute the circumstances of that situation. Does that make sense? So let's connect this to the power of the growing seed. Now I said the seed is the truth that we speak, right? Then I sat with God a little bit deeper on this. Because God has been bringing to me that each and every one of our lives is a parable. It's a life story being demonstrated in this earth school that has a truth that is here to manifest in the purpose that you are. You are a purpose of God. You are here purpose to be an expression of heaven on earth in some type of way that is unique to you. That is unique to you. We're all here to be expressions of God, but just as we are all uniquely made, we're, we're made to express it uniquely. Does that make sense? So that means... Each and every one of us is a seed of God. 
all of the truth of the universe, all of the truth of God, all of the truth of the kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of God, exists in each and every one of us. And just like the seed is doing its thing under the ground, God is doing God's thing inside of you. It cannot be seen while it's working, but the moment that leaf breaks through, there's been a whole lot of heavy, heavy working, heavy movement going on underneath the earth. If you think about a seed, what happens with a seed is when you plant it in the ground, it gets softened by the moisture of the ground, and what's activated inside of it, which is the blueprint of what it's to be, begins to start to work and grow. Then it starts to germinate and root itself. And once it's rooting itself, the shell breaks free. The shell dies that the plant can form. So our perception of ourself dies so that Christ can form. And then it breaks through. It gets strong enough where it breaks through. Imagine it breaking through the earth, the soil, the power that it has to take for a little bitty blade of leaf to break through. That represents our inspiration of being, uh, when we get, God gets our attention from something in our life. Something has caught your attention. Something has caught your attention from the inside, and you start thinking, what is this? And the beautiful part about the leaves, the leaves are what get the light from the sun and creates the, in, the energy from the sun and creates the food for the plant to eat, which is called photosynthesis. The moment we break through and get an aha that there's something greater going on in my life, there's something greater than me that I can tune into, the moment you start focusing on that, you become the leaf that is reaching for the spiritual inspiration of the Christ. And the beautiful part of it is inside of you. You tune into it. And just like the sun goes down on a leaf, and if you look at plants, they always grow up. The leaves always start to go to where the sun is. I have a plant that um, Dr. Debbie gave me. It's called a thorn of cro- uh, cor- crown of thorns. And it's the actual kind of plant that was used to make the crown of thorns around Je- to put in Jesus' head. And I put it up in my, in my office. And I've noticed some branches start to lean forward, and it started to tilt forward that way. So I turn it around to make it straight, and then it starts to go, the, it starts to go opposite. To keep it from toppling over in one way, I turn it so that it stays straight. God is always turning us to bring us into the optimum area in our consciousness where we can get the light. And from that light, the spirit of inspiration inside of you Be ignited that that spirit is the source that we use for the energy that we live by. But the true purpose of this parable is not to talk about the seed, and I'm going to go through the other two stages of it, is to stand in the consciousness of total faith and total trust in God's process. That when you pray, you have an expectancy that that prayer is going to be answered because you know how divine law works. You know how God's divine truth works. You know how spiritual law works. You know that anything that you say and you believe and you trust in manifests in your life. But when you really turn it over to God, just like you plant that seed and you walk away, you may water it when you need to water it, 
but you don't dig it up to see if it's manifesting. You don't dig it up to see if it's growing. You let it stay down there. When you pray on something because you expect it's going to happen, you have the patience to wait for God to manifest it no matter how it looks. That even when the leaf is starting to grow, you know that's a perfect, a perfect part of God's process. Some of us want to go faster, but you realize that that leaf has to be stronger. It has to grow in God's way, in God's divine order, in God's divine manner, in God's divine timing, in order for it to be bright enough, in order for it to be strong enough, in order for it to be that perfect expression that brings in the light. If we mess with it before it's ready, we kill it off. How many times do we go in and try to do it ourselves and we block, we block the blessing of God from manifesting in our life? The next part of being patient is sitting into the fourth unity principle, which means through thoughts held in mind, we align our mind with God. So we deny the power of what's happening in our life that we do not like. Somewhere we co-created it through our thoughts. So we deny the power of it. We affirm the truth. I have an experience with that that happened yesterday. I was getting ready for my sister, my stepsister's bridal shower. And as I was bending down, I had been working out and stuff, and I could feel a soreness in my back. You know, after you work out, your muscles get a little sore. I went to bend down to put on my shoes, and this is the outfit I was going to wear. I figured I might as well wear it today since I didn't get a chance to wear it yesterday. But I went to put my shoes on, and I twisted a certain way, and it made my, ooh, my back start spasming. And I have moments when I bend the wrong way. And I had a meeting with my uh, mastermind partner, and we were talking, and we were affirming that it was going to go away. But I had a doubt. I had a doubt. I'm going to get there. It's going to be worse. When I'm driving there, I'm going to hurt too much. I'm not going to be able to even get out of the car. And that is the fertile ground, the, the, it wasn't even fertile soil. That's the soil I created that plant in. And so as I got out into the car and went to sit, I could not move. Got my feet in, I could, I was so, my back was hurting, spasming so badly, I called my stepmother and told her I couldn't make it. Now that was my opportunity to be the growing seed. Because I affirmed I am a child of God, therefore I do not inherit illness. I don't care what this so soreness and this spasm is, we're going to overcome this thing. We're going to purify it into perfect divine health and flexible movement. And so what I did, I did take a, a, a pain pill because <laughs> it's hurting a lot. <clears throat> and I went in and put a heating pad on it and I sat with God. And as I put my hand on myself and prayed, I sat with God. And a lot of times I rub my hands together. My hands get warm when I start to do healing touch. And I touched myself and I felt the warmth. And then I drifted off to sleep. That's walking away from the plant and letting God do God's work. God does the heavy work of the healing process. I just do the parts that I'm guided to do. When I woke up later that day, it was just a soreness. And so I stretched that area and ease the soreness away. And by the evening, I was able to do my strength workout and the pain is gone because I let it work itself out. As I was sleeping, the second process here where Jesus is saying that the, then the, first the leaf breaks through, which I got the inspiration. I am a child of God, therefore I do not inherit illness. 
And I sat and opened myself up for the super consciousness, which is a Christ in me, to tell me what to do. That means you listen, have the ears to hear and the eyes to see. And then I did what I was told to do, which is this second part that's in verse uh, 28 that says, then the heads of wheat are formed. When you're doing your part, you're co-creating it with God. And so as I did my part of going to sleep, I prayed, I did all that I was meant to do, I let God do the rest. And when I woke up, it was a little bit of soreness. And I continued with what I was told to do by stretching the way God told me to stretch, the way I felt it to stretch. And then I became flexible in movement. I have no pain. I can move. No more pain. And that represents the, finally, the grain that ripens. You become the testimony. When the grain is ripened, you are the testimony. You can share from your personal experience that in, that in spiritual inspiration, that spiritual understanding, but you got to choose to do every single process, and you got to choose to stay in the patience, and you got to choose to have total faith and total trust in God's process, God's divine order, God's divine timing. I did have it in my mind, the idea to call and ask, can it just be a music Sunday, just in case God's process was going to take longer than I thought. Because the process is God's timing, not my timing. So I was prepared. But I expected that it would happen. I expected that I'd be up and walking. I expected that I'd be able to bend. I expected that I'd be able to go back to even doing my workouts. I expected that I'd be able to drive. I had that expectation when I went to sleep. Does that make sense? You have to trust, you have to expect, and you have to have the patience. I couldn't sit there and after an hour, oh my God, I'm still hurting. That's not patience. Tune into God and let God do God's work. And it will work in any area of your life, not just if you have some type of uh, soreness or some type of spasm or some type of illness. It works in your life. And I know some people who I've prayed with, who sat and worked with God, who had something was a, that was a heavy thing to overcome. And they sat and stayed in peace. And even when I pray with them, see, prayer chaplains, when we are trained to pray, we're trained to pray as if it is already so. We're trained to pray with an expectation of speaking those things that be not as though they were. And then we do not revisit the situation. So if you come back to me saying, oh, this isn't this, it's still happening, I say, well, let's pray that you have the faith and the patience to live in God's divine order and God's divine timing. I will not pray over that thing again because I expect it is already going to be manifested. Does that make sense? I am a seed of God. Together, I am a seed of God. Do you know that really, really, really? And if you don't, it's okay because every single phase of our spiritual understanding, our spiritual development, our spiritual expression, every single phase from the beginning to the middle to the end is perfect in itself. And we have to have patience in every single part because we want to move forward in our humanness, immediate gratification, right? To the point that we can't even wait to go home to answer the phone. We take our cell phones with us now. And if you leave it, you run back home to get it. Immediate gratification. I challenge us to look at our lives right now. Wait, let's go to this last piece. This last piece is verse 29. As soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a, a sickle. For the harvest time has come. There will be a time of manifestation in your life. 
Whatever you've prayed for, whatever you're stepping into, whatever truth you're manifesting in your life, there will be. Say, there will be. Say it again. There will be. There will be a time of harvest. Because you could say it. There will be a time of harvest. Because God's word does not go unanswered. When you affirm it to be so, you expect it to be so, it will be so. Amen? And so the parable of this growing seed is teaching us to have patience in God. But the only way to have true patience, because to me, patience is where peace meets being still. Because you can be peaceful and all over the place and not listening. You're not patient. You can be still but be worrying and complaining. You're not, you're not peaceful. They have to meet each other. You have to be peaceful and still at the same time because that's when you're guided forth, when you're sitting in the consciousness and listening and watching and hearing and let God do the heavy work and you do your work. The only way to know your work is if you totally trust the process and listen for your part. The seed's part is to grow and develop. It's ingrained in that seed. We have the choice to do the opposite. That's the difference between us and nature. Nature has no choice. We do. Nature will produce whatever you put. You put in a plant of tomatoes, that's what comes up. The earth will do its thing, and underneath as the earth is doing its thing, it starts to come up, you got some tomatoes. Why not getting grapes? Because you're planting tomatoes. We get to choose to use God's power productively or not. Don't get it twisted. You are the power of God. God has given you free reign on how God demonstrates in your life. God gave us as seeds everything that we need is planted inside of you. Every aspect of truth, every spiritual law, every spiritual principle is inside of you, waiting to wake itself up. But it takes you to, it, you need to choose it. We need to choose it. Planting the seed for us means choosing to be. Does that make sense? Because you are the seed of God, and you are here to demonstrate heaven on earth, which means you're here to demonstrate in the spiritual realm as you walk in the physical expression. Does that make sense? God is doing a thing in you. You are a growing seed right now. And you will continue to be a growing seed for the rest of your life on this earth. And then as you, as you shift through and transition to what I call the higher level of life, graduate to the higher expression of life, you will have been the harvest that God has come and used. You will have demonstrated your purpose. You will have demonstrated the spiritual truth in you that is here to manifest in your parable, your life. And God will have said, well done. I trust in God together. I trust in God. I am patient with God's process together. I am patient with God's process. I will be the harvest together. I will be the harvest. Now this is the thing, the last part that matters even more powerfully than that because it keeps you going in the process. When the farmer comes and grabs the harvest, for us, that means demonstrating it in our lives. When you get that manifestation, share it with others. Because the harvest goes out and it is, and it is used to feed and produce and grow and create an abundance of prosperity. 
but we are the seed that is made to harvest as well. We were told to be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful in the consciousness of your mind, create in the consciousness of your mind, and then go out and do the thing that you're meant to do. That's the fifth unity principle. Live the truth that you know. Amen? Amen. You got it? You're ready to continue to be that growing seed consciously and intentionally? Yes? Yes? Yes. Yes? Yes. Amen. Thank you. I'm done. They're used to me closing my book and everything so they could come up.
That was so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that, Faith. I could feel you feeling that song. I really could. I could feel all of you feeling that song. Thank you for that. Oh, wow. So what if we can live in abundance and prosperity? What if we have that consciousness and that seed inside of us? How about we gently close our eyes and take a deep breath, knowing that we are the prosperity and abundance of God. And as you breathe in that breath of prosperity and abundance, Bring forth to your mind, tune into what you're feeling led to give to Unity of Farmington Hills as your donation today. And now let us, you can open your eyes and let us affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. Let's stand up. I'm feeling led to do that prayer that I normally do. So bring to mind somebody or a circumstance, even if it's you, that you feel led to pray with and pray about. And as I'm praying, I invite you to call out the names of those who you feel led to pray with and pray for. Ah, oh, God, Ashley, Dion, John, James. God, as you hear these names being called forth from each and every one of our hearts, with the patience, the expectancy, the trust, and the faith that you are answering every single prayer, that you are the answer to every single prayer for every single heart that's connected to the names of them called out into this virtual prayer circle, online and in person. We know that you are igniting in them right now their perfect, highest, and greatest good. We know that you are igniting the perfect solution, the perfect healing, the perfect resolution. And any other way that you're moving in the background, that I can feel your vibration moving for these names and these hearts, but I don't have the words to share, I thank you that I bear witness to it. 
In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray, thanking you for your love that loves us no matter what and answers our prayers through grace no matter what. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. And now let us go ahead and affirm our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.